Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an X-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Sean. My name is Ed. And I'm Sharon. And and I was going to introduce myself again. Do it again. I'm just, just so used case. to not being in it. Like and not being uh, in the first one. Oh, oh I know. We take right. it in turns. This is... I know. You have it as I... much as time as us. Oppressed yeah. white my... man. Where is my book? <laughs> When's it gonna be our turn, Sharon? When's it gonna be our turn? I, I was joking about this with my brother the other day. Segway to start the show. Yeah. Um, and he said, Oh, where does where, you know, I was talking about the diversity groups at work. So where's the uh, white middle class middle-aged male group? I said, Isn't that the Tory party? One might say that Ed, you should really try thinking warm thoughts. Boom! Name of the episode. Dropped it in. Done it. Love it. it. Yeah. We definitely need them. It's cold. Yeah. It is cold. Yeah. We Sorry, sure. You're grand, you're grand, you're grand. I was going to say, we are having an absolute storm over here. Storm Barra is battering. It's it's hanging around here, I think, a bit. Horrible. Mm. Um, sorry, I interrupted you when you were about to say season four. No, no, you're gone. Sorry, the middle of my sentence is up to the start of yours. Don't worry about it. Um, so. Very polite, aren't we today? <laughs> For a change. <laughs> well, in fairness, that's right. Yeah, the amount of times I've spoken over you both, it's, it's totally fair. Oh, I've done it to you both, but I think Sharon's the only person who's polite enough to wait for us to finish. Because she's a class. Um, she class is. Act. She is a class action lawsuit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> should we talk about the episode, Sean? Yeah, might, yeah. Be, might be an idea. This is this is why charge, I shouldn't host so often. Yeah, ever, ever. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it opens on Carol and Doug, doesn't it? Do we want to start there? Or mm-hmm. I think yes, yes. So it's all very cute and everything, and you can see as well that. So while Doug is like, you know, no, no, like, no, I meant it. Like, I do want to marry you, and he's like, he's got ring measurement oh, devices, and like, he's really going all in for this, and Carol. At, at this point in time, it, she is like, you know, yeah, I want to marry you. No, no, I, I'm on board. But you can still tell over the course of the episode, it's like, she doesn't really believe him, does she? So even though they're saying the words to each other, they're still, they're, I don't think she thinks he's as serious as he is. Absolutely. I mean, something is going on. I think there's definitely, she doesn't think he's as serious, but she's also really she keeps kind of backing away from it and he keeps asking the question and kind of mm. I mean he's not reading the room in the best way maybe she's not communicating as well as she should because he she's basically saying no in some ways because she's very much like we're, we're fine the way we are we're good everything's fine as it is and he's like you know taking announcements out in the newspaper practically and ordering her dress you know it's like if I feel like there's a communication problem here and and that needs to kind of be sorted out or worked out. Yeah, I think so. They're definitely like they might be on the same. They're on the same ship, but they're on two different sides of it. Yeah. So they're all heading in the right direction, but they're, you know, they're at different stages of it, you know. And because of everything we know about Doug and Carol's past, it's. In fairness, I think we as viewers are seeing this as oh, such a lovely side of Doug. It's so wonderful because we still have the Doug kind of was a bit of a gobshite, you know, way, <laughs> yeah. way back in the day. So this is all really lovely. Whereas for Carol and I, I'm obviously I'm trying to see if this was a deliberate choice you know, nearly <clears throat> 30 years ago. But <laughs> um, 
if it is, she's playing it in such a way, this is a lived experience for Carol. So she might have been through this exact conversation with him previously, you know, got to this stage previously. Now, I think there's something that happens later in the episode that I don't think it got that far before. And that's when Carol starts to go, I think, um, okay, okay, maybe this was a bit more serious than I thought it was. Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, we've also got to remember in between kind of Doug, she's had Tag, who she, as she says, you know, I've done the dress, I've got the book, the church, you know, I've had all that and I don't want that. So she's kind of got a scar from there, but she's also had Shep, Mr. I'm going to marry you after two minutes of meeting you. You know, he kind of proposed to her at the Christmas party that time out of kind of nowhere and Mr. Briggs big grand gestures that never really got anywhere so I wonder if that's informing it a little bit it's not just the dog history there's kind of history with the other men she's had and been with is it bad or a sign that I didn't remember Shep at all I think it's probably the what we the the kind surgery me and Sean performed (laughs) and used to remove him from your memory thanks Uh, you are very welcome yeah eternal sunshine We, we eternal sunshine you that's yeah. what we did. Yeah. And got rid of him. Um, got rid of who? Exactly. Right. Hey. Ah. But it is gas that you say that because Shep is not, despite how frustrating he was during season two, he's not a memorable character. No, but, no. You know, he does fade pretty quickly into the background. And Look, we, we did enough bashing of the poor man. So Ron Eldard, look, all love to you. You know, it's not <laughs> personal. But yeah, Shep just, he kind of came and went like, you know, like a snap of the fingers. Yeah. It feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's a number of things for, for Carol going on. She's, maybe it's kind of the hurt from before with Doug and maybe it's a bit of the relationship she's had. But also maybe she just wants a bit of everything to just stay still for a minute you know she doesn't want to be planning a wedding and 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 doing all that when she's kind of getting the clinic off the ground and she's got this her house is starting to you know take a bit more shape and things are good and maybe she is scared that pushing might end things and I think Doug I think I don't know why she's struggling to say that to him maybe she doesn't want to hurt his feelings or make him feel awful but there's definitely some communication issues going on here and I feel like we're we're, we're all about to fall off a cliff in a little bit like that's how I feel it's gonna get come to a come to a head or something you're absolutely right Yeah. yeah I mean in some ways it's really sweet you know Doug is obviously wanting to show how committed he is so you know he's got the whole you know the ring thing you find in jewelers where he's trying to measure her ring and I mean he goes to her mom and asks her mom for her hand which you know is That's kind really of sweet. which is really sweet on one hand but on the other hand hmm. I don't know it could it could be a, it could be seen as a bit pressure on carol you know he's kind of putting all these things in place when she hasn't even indicated she's happy for that to happen you know that was that you're so right because that's what i thought because we know carol's mom hates doug yeah and i think we could also safely assume that she didn't know doug and carol were dating again yeah that's right doug going and asking her for her for carol's hand of marriage it's sort of a and we love Doug, so I'm going to use the word sly nicely, but it's sort of a sly way of taking away from Carol the option of keeping her mum either in the dark or, you know, telling her when she's ready. Right, yeah. so forcing the issue a little bit. 
a little yeah, bit yeah and it's not really his place to do that I mean that's a conversation I guess what it is is does he realize that the mom does doesn't know and has he gone and done that in a purposeful way or has did he not know and he just went and did that and it's a bit like of a oh she didn't even know we were together I don't know we don't know that information but it wasn't really his place to kind of to to tell her and I mean we see how how enraged the mom is because she actually turns up at at county and is like it's not a phone call it's not a oh I'll, I'll you know call her she's like turned up and gone this is how worried she is she's she's there she's saying carol tell me you're not going to marry him tell me you're not with this man i was there the last time which i think again you know we didn't see what it was like the first time with doug and from everything we're hearing it sounds like it was pretty apocalyptic so it i don't know it just i think as well maybe looking at it with a kind of 2021 lens of coercion and control and I'm not saying he's been coercive or controlling but these aren't as romantic as maybe they were once seen you know these kinds of moments that's like that's it because it's this it's this crossover of the traditional you know the man asking for the woman's hand in marriage and I'm, I'm not saying that that itself is a negative tradition to no. continue on no, it's yeah, some of the things that come with that though are and it's it's as we've discussed this you know kind of like sit down with the parents da, 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 da. we mm-hmm. will just we will decide on a course of action that you know carol should have been a part of that decision yeah. um like you could still like for example i know several people in my own life who you know the couple have decided they are going to get married and then as part of the preparations for the wedding is we'll go out to lunch with the parents and you know it's kind of part of the lunches I'm here to officially ask for, you know, your permission, despite the fact that we're, the four of us are sitting here together, you know, that that kind of thing, yeah. you know, like, so there's ways of doing that. Whereas this, it was Doug went and met with her. He did it without telling Carol. And while he was probably trying to be chivalrous, it's, oh, and, and the word, it feels so mean in my mouth. There is a bit of chauvinism in it. Yeah. I think I and I think because Carol hasn't said yes that's what it is for me you know he yeah. has actually already asked her and she has at no point said yes and it's pretty clear from this morning that she really doesn't believe that he's serious but also she said to him I'm happy as it is and that's the moment he should have said okay let's discuss that is that are we taking marriage completely off the table is it are you afraid of something is it that you're just not ready rather than she hasn't said yes, so I'm going to tell the mob, you know, but I think yeah. that's where it for me gets a bit, a bit grey and a bit like, and also I think, and it's really tough with, with marriage because there are so many things about it that are sweet and it's a lovely, there's a lot of lovely ideas and people can do things very differently now and, you know, take away some of the kind of horrible patriarchal things like I think asking for the hand in marriage you know it dates back to a time where the white woman didn't really have a say and it was more you asked the dad for the property of of his daughter and he said yes and and now it has morphed into a you know I think if a couple are very much together and have talked about marriage maybe I'm not saying that he even has to have asked I think there is something really sweet about asking and saying this is my intention Mm -hmm. um 
and it, so it doesn't always have to be horrible but I just feel like she you know they are discussing marriage and she hasn't said yes and he's gone and done this that's what it is for me and he can get away with a lot because he's very handsome and very charming but we do need to point out this behavior because if he looked yeah. you know like I don't know I can't think of somebody ugly somebody ugly if he looked like Boris Johnson I think it would be <laughs> less charming yes perhaps I like that <laughs> Um, uh, I'm not going to say poor Al Boris because the man is a human gone off yogurt but um, he's just yeah Uh, like but to to kind of put some niceness on this as much as I can he is being so supportive he's being so supportive at the moment and he's really you know like I think you know uh, we had obviously our big dog episode a few weeks back in fathers and sons and yeah. so because since then we have had he, he's kind of just been not pushed aside but there's other stuff going on so i think a moment is coming up soon where we're gonna have to deal with the carol and the dog in the room yeah. head on mm-hmm. we're gonna have to have decisions made we're gonna have to go right are you guys gonna do this are you gonna commit and i i think at the moment it's nice but the longer this goes on, the less nice it's going to get because yeah. they don't seem to be. It's strange, right? When they're sitting on the couch, Carol is, she's very open. She's like, I've done all the ring. I've done the dress. I've done all that. Let's just keep it nice and low key. And Doug seems to be hearing her. He seems to be hearing her. Yeah. But I still think there is a communication issue, which is yes. then proven by the fact he goes to her mom and asks for yeah. her hand in marriage. Yes, that's what it is for me. And you know, there are some lovely moments, as you say, because later Doug comes in and actually Carol ends up working elsewhere and having to do something else. And he comes in and actually covers the clinic. And and so she doesn't have to worry about that. You know, she can get on with doing other stuff and helping the patient she's with, uh, with, you know, really delicate situation. And he's there to kind of pick that up. And what is really, really lovely is he gets to really understand and see the work she's done firsthand you know this you know Doug deals with this woman who's um, I think she's down syndrome and she's pregnant yeah. and they've just cut her, her her food stamps and she says to Doug you know tell me what it is I can I should be buying what should I prioritize and and Doug firsthand like sees how Carol has written out the budget for her and explained like the food and he sees how how good kind of the clinic what it yeah. can do and you know, probably falls in love with Carol a little bit more because I did at that moment. I thought, God, that's just nice. just her brilliance, isn't it? Um, and then we have this really lovely moment at the end where she's like, I'm going to be late because she's got work and she's got charts and things to do. And he says, I'll wait. And I just, I really loved that. I was like, like, that's so nice that he's, there's nowhere else he wants to be or needs to be that's where he's going to be and then they can go home together you know it's dark it's scary she's had a bit of a tough day with a horrible case you know I just thought you know this is this is the side of Doug I love you know this kind of invisible support I'm just there I'm here like not I'm not on top of you but I'm right here to catch if anything happens and he says to her as well you know this is really good what you're doing this this work you're doing is so important and I just again you know that that little that little moment to, for her to go oh god you know i am doing something right is 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 nice as well yeah yeah I feel like I agree. it's it's one of those storylines that we've talked about before that we talked about communication if they just had like that one minute fight one little five minute chat of look i really want to do this but 
let's just take it slow and, and for Doug to hear her, then the whole storyline would have not happened. It wouldn't be as dramatic. But at the same time, it's one of those where like, if you just have that conversation, you love each other, you you can talk to each other. But that would Is be he scared he's gonna line. lose her? That's I the think, thing I think. I think it just feels think very much fear there. when there's this like I've got to lock somebody down and somebody's very insistent. It's, mm. It feels like it comes from a place of fear rather than yeah. because I think if you were really listening and loving and it came from a loving place if somebody yeah. said actually right now I'm happy where we are you would leave it wouldn't you you wouldn't be yeah. like yeah. I've talked to the mom I've ordered the cake this is the date of, you know I'll see you at the church that's just just another consideration I mean yeah. still I'm loving their characters and I'm loving this love but and, and this is great as well because it's not going look everything's perfect and he's perfect and she's perfect it's going these are shades and of gray yeah. and nuances of relationships these are real people and I think that that's why it endures and why this relationship particularly is so satisfying for people to to watch yeah for sure I think so I think it's the the great the two big relationships of ER I think are Doug and Carol Abby and Luca. Yeah. And yes, I have my favorite and I might lose friends after after it. So I'll just say that we are currently in my golden age of ER. That's all I will say about <laughs> that. I do love these <sighs> two. I have to say, I, I, you know what? I, but then we'll get on later and I'll be like, oh my God, this is what's so great about Abby and Luca. So yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I think those are the two kind of big romantic relationships that mm. are key to this. I think, and then we, when we come to kind of you know, other relationships, like friend relationships. I think Carter and Benton are up there for me, you know, really, really grow together and and go on a real journey. And it, I feel yeah. like the payoff for it is just, it's one of my favourite moments, that the, the payoff we get at the end yeah. for that. Um, Do you know what I was going to say? Actually, yeah. Sharon, that is an yeah. excellent, excellent segue because I was going to say, do you want to discuss Carter and Benton next because yes, they yes. both have the same they both have the same job this week um, yeah. they are instructing med students giving them kind of seminar breakdowns on what to expect in their respective fields so Benton obviously is there to give them their seminar on surgery and why they should choose that as a, their elective or their speciality much as Carter is there to give them their you know peek behind the curtain at emergency medicine yeah and it is there's just there is just kind of Almost skipping one scene just for a second, there is a moment of Benton and Carter just walking down the hallway. And I'm just like, this this is two mates having yeah. a chat, yeah. comparing notes. And I love it because like we've seen Benton and Carter together since episode one, but it's so rarely we see Benton and Carter together. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. And and also we've had such a break from them being together together as well even in scenes and I I watch it and I just oh they're back you know I feel better they're together the world is right and they're yeah they're talking as friends and kind of as this is what oh god we're stuck on this duty and 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 Benton's still giving advice because Carter's a bit like oh god I'm not really inspiring anybody and Benton's like that's not what this day is about like it's just rubbish just do your thing and get out kind of thing not don't worry so much about it but Mm. yeah it's really nice to see them in the same place um and and representing the respective fields but still being able to to be friends yeah now, there is somebody in this storyline I hate with a passion. Oh, wow. This Laura student, 
Oh, oh right. My God, like she's so cloying and she's so over the top and oh my god Ben you know she's like you've got to prove to me why I should choose this or should choose that and mm-hmm. can I come to your ER and and it's like whoa girl back the f up especially off my man <laughs> so I was waiting for that <laughs> yeah, yeah don't you think she's a she's a lot like she's really she's, yeah she is purely there for well, like she is there to get a scalpel in her hand to just get cut. That's that's the kind yeah. of one she is. To the point where like she's Edson in training. That's what she is. Oh, she I is, need excitement she? and that's I have entitlement harsh. and she's, she's very entitled though. She just expects, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, I'll I'll come to the ER and I expect you to kind of perform for me and then and what I need is excitement and adventure. That's what it is about her that, I, that she keeps like saying to them, What well, it's like, I'm sorry, but medicine isn't about like always constantly ripping shirts open and saving lives. There are there are there are so many things to it. And if you're getting into it for kind of the action and the glory, I think you should become an army medic rather than, you know, looking at kind of ER surgeries, how I felt about her. Yeah. I, I believe Kinshasa is nice this time of year. Um, like she might, she might consider that. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. Um, like it kind of, in a way there's kind of like, Oh, it's kind of starts well. Like they find that poor man out in the cold and yeah. you know, they bring him in and card out. Like Mark had me laughing a bit because Carter is—he's on it. He's absolutely oh, yeah. on it. He's running that trauma, and and I, I thought like, yeah, he seems—he seems so at ease here, so comfortable. Yeah. Brings in a guy. He's like, I have, you know, I am the healing man. Of, and then it turns out the guy is just—he's not actually sick. He—he's not in bad need of trauma medicine. He just is drunk and needs to detox. And yeah. Carter actually just rolls with it. He's just like, oh, okay, you win some, you lose some. I can show you how it is. And she walks out of the room. And who, who does that? Who walks oh. out of the room when Carter is talking to them and training them and teaching them with his delicate hands? That's what I can't handle. And oh. also, how rude it was. She, He, like, invested in her and said, yes, I'll let you come and shadow me. And, you know, he invited her out to dinner. Yes, she paid. But, you know, he, he was there to give her that experience. And she doesn't even give him a second thought. This is why I'm saying he, she's Edson. She's just in it for the glory and 100%. in it for uh, whatever okay. she can get, you know, rather than thinking a about medicine which is a thing i think there's a real difference between somebody going i want to treat people and heal people to i want excitement and adventure every single day otherwise i will walk out of the the room you know that to me is not a great doctor making thing is what i think no no not at all because like if you leave a situation now maybe this is being very simplistic but if you leave a situation wherein you could learn something that is potentially really important for example what happens if you are the only doctor in the area and there is a person who is potentially ODing on alcohol you yeah. have the means to say that you need to know that it's not all yeah. about micro suturing and it's exactly. not all about like invasive uh, or or even non-invasive key it's not about that it's about looking after the patient and she proved in that moment the patient was not important to her it was the flash of it all it was the it was and i have to say it there was shades of some of benton's worst moments shades of us yeah Um, yeah now we've seen him grow we've seen him you know because and like that conversation he had with corday a couple of weeks ago was just like oh oh wow oh like this season one benton and this benton are different people whereas this 
Laura was like the worst parts of season one. Like kind of like, I, I don't understand why you're speaking to me because none of us are cutting anything. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. This isn't mm. this this isn't surgery. Therefore, I'm out. You know that because that's what he used yeah. to do, didn't he? He'd be like, "Oh, I'm not needed. Close down. Go somewhere else." Where that's exactly what she is, and and I'm kind of glad this character doesn't stick around because I just it's it's also just from the way she's like skulking around the hallways and kind of waiting. It feels really predatory and really like she's oh, a bit of an yeah. Do you know what she's she's an ambulance chaser. Yes, oh. she is. She yeah. is. Oh, I just, I just, and also she's not somebody I'd want to be my doctor because I feel like she wouldn't really care or think about me as a, as a patient more as going, what's the most, you know, that thing that Benton and Corday were talking about, you know, what is it in it for me and what's in it for the, you know, am I thinking about the patient or am I thinking about my own skill set and what I'll be able to experience? And I feel like that's what she would be. She wouldn't think that way. She would just want the experience and not be able to reflect on it and just want to cut me rather than think, what would be best for her so um yeah there's a lot about that character that she just I don't know in a way she was just like oh I don't know she was just too much like I'm all about go out there go for what you want but don't be a punk about it when yeah when you when somebody's kindly brought you into this this space that not a lot of people are allowed to go into and maybe he shouldn't have it might not even have been something he was really even allowed to do I'm not sure but you know he's gone and he's 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 given up his time and given you this this yeah. mu- this chance and at least see it through and and go from there and that's what it is you don't I mean not I would say that about her if it was any doctor that she was with the fact that she trifled with Carter turns it from me not liking this character to me needing to hunt her down and kill her <laughs> it's a little bit much it's no not. no 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 I think we've come to ex- we, we've come to expect this now the fact okay. that she's saying if means Sharon is mellowing mm-hmm. oh, as opposed okay. to, yeah. As opposed yeah. to I've planned it, she's dead, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, it, it, it's not a murder if she's already dead in your head. Exactly. You know? It's just okay. a fact. That is true. And everyone on this call is now part of this, uh, is now culpable. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right because this has happened in the past and, and, and the police don't actually... <laughs> investigate stuff that happened in the past so we're, we're all free we're all safe and uh, we're being very satirical today um yeah so that's kind of that's that storyline which is you know mm. it, it's quite sweet and and actually there's a really lovely carter green moment isn't there where because yes. mark is back the mark we know mostly <laughs> in this episode you know he's back and I won't go into his story yet. We'll do, I'm just going to talk about this scene. So basically he's, you know, working on charts and and sitting in, you know, one of the, the suture room or something, just kind of getting through the charts. And Carter comes in because he's, you know, Laura's just walked out and he feels very kind of upset a bit about the day mm. and a bit disheartened, you know, he couldn't inspire people. Laura just walked off, you know, all the students only really wanted to know about what people put up their rectums and if he'd killed anybody, you know. Um, and he's feeling a bit like, oh gosh, you know, we should, I should be able to, to, to have done more. Like he's failed is how he feels. And mm. and this is what I love because Green, this is classic Green. And this is one of those, I mean, this is a a one of those quotes as well that is um very famous but you know he says you know Carter you come here every day sometimes you're really cooking and sometimes you're not but here you're here every day doing your work one day you'll look up and maybe 10 years will have passed it'll be the sum total of what you've done that counts not the passion 
and a that really sums up green but also yeah. that's green right now you know he has been there probably now over 10 years and kind of I don't know come to this kind of philosophical moment where he he knows the job and he knows himself a bit more and he's comfortable so he can kind of be reflective on it but also it it, it harks to what does happen to Carter in the future you know um mm, but it's that true. teacher it's also that kind of teacher um mental moment again you know we've seen Green has these little moments with Carter where he comes and he'll just say something very wise or kind of be there and, and it was a return to that which was also for me really welcome it also mirrors a, a, an episode in the um that comes up in the future where three I don't know if they're med students at that point if they're if they're interns but that there's three of them and they're working it's Neela Ray and Abby and they're working around charts and and Carter comes in because he's he he's going and he I know the exact scene and yeah. he says he does he says one day you know 10 years well you'll look up and, ten oh. years, and he, he kind of re but it's a mirror of the scene and it's it's that knowledge he's taken and he's passing now on to this new generation and it, it's a really lovely full circle moment um but that's why this scene for me is just a real gem of a moment for so many reasons i really like mark and carter's sort of big brother little brother almost relationship do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he can always turn to him and he'll, he won't soft soak it, but he'll tell him the truth and yeah. he'll still feel better out at the end of it. He does it in a nice way, doesn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he's trying to be so positive here. He's like, mm. at the end of the day, in 10 years as well, you'll not remember this Laura Brown or any of these other yeah. students. You'll remember all the people you helped or you'll remember the fact that you've been such a part of this, this you know, this community of workers that yeah. kind of thing so yeah I agree with you absolutely that's just it's just really sweet um moment yeah. where yeah. should we go next should we go do, I mean we've got so many to pick from we've got the whole Anspar weaver we've got um Anspar and his son we've got Jeannie we've got we've we... got Corday and Romano should we get Ker- what about Kerry and Ellis yeah let's yeah because that's a little bit weird yeah. It is. It is a little bit. Yeah, and actually, and then I think there's a good few from that we can kind of branch into the Anspa, into all that. So, I think at the at the beginning, so Kerry once again proving she is an absolute boss. She, of course, she has jump cables, which in the '90s is such a stereotypical thing for a woman not to have in their car. But of course, Kerry does. Of course, now it's just bloody standard tech that yeah. you would have in your car because, of course, you would. He says, making sure he. I need to check if I have them. Anyway, um, I have them. Oh, good, cool, cool, excellent, cool. So if you could, uh, if you could just bring those over to me, that'd yeah, be great. Um, I'll be over in a sec. Stunning, cool, cool. Um, and like at the moment, we're still not really seeing like that. Ellis is anything more than you know a bit of a boy's class. He's he's Clancy Brown, so he's got a sexy voice, like, uh-huh. and he's <laughs> using it quite a lot in this episode. It's like. Well, Carrie, no, I'm gonna do that badly. No, I'm not Clancy Brown. I'm sorry, I, I, <laughs> that I made wasn't you think bad. that was okay. Thank you, thank you. I uh, was, I thought he was in the room. I'm gonna, yeah, put it yeah. I was like, Edit- oh, we got a special <laughs> guest on today. Editor's note, I just removed an amazing monologue where I just played Clancy Brown for the whole thing. It was incredible, but rights we wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, good, um, yeah, it's true, it's yeah. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're just like, and then like, they, it's in a way, it's so cute, even though they're being filthy. It's cute oh. that they're like, you know, they're in different cars and they're ringing each other in mobiles the size of handbags. Um, 
power generated batteries that they're cogging up there. Cranking up. Yeah. Hello, hello. Yeah. Hello, hello. This this is seven. Oh, sorry. I was looking for four. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hello, operator. Put me through to Ellis West. And is so Ellis, so S. Synergex SPG. Yes, that's what they call it. Yes, Uh, Synergex is there. They've now basically started this week in the ER with the return of a lovely little guest star. Uh, Yeah, we get Swift back, don't we? Swifty Mm -hmm. Michael Ironside is back. I kind of went, ah, yay! When I saw his name in the credits, because I love Michael Ironside. I get a bit of a, a similar in terms to Clancy Brown, in terms of just what a great voice as well. Great, um, great name as well, Michael Ironside. Like, absolutely. wow, wow. Okay, this is a really nerdy thing. I forgot to text Sean, so I'm gonna have to share it now. And Sharon's gonna probably glaze over as she might. I mean, you don't Sharon. have to share it now. <laughs> Good text, Sean. So, in the nineties, cartoon. Uh, just I know cartoons. exactly what you're. About Do you know to say? what I was gonna say? Yes. So yeah, like um, uh, Clancy Brown was Lex Luthor, and Michael Ironside was Dark Side. And it's just like the other way around because they're working. Well, actually, they never work for each other, but I just love that they're both in the same episode. Yeah, just... that, I was really yeah. happy. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, was, sorry. Nerd, nerd itch scratched. Nerd. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've got, yeah, as you say, so Swift comes back as well because he's now working for Synergix, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's kind of, they're one of their um, consultants that can, you know, comes in and helps out yeah. with like, the ER and stuff. It's like, and it's funny as well because I think they might have chose to do this because we know Swifty. So, yeah. like, we don't know Ellis West. He's only new in these few episodes. So, uh, Swifty says the words, Oh, I, you know, I thought it was a Ponzi scheme at the start as well, but I've been with yeah. him a year and a half now. And you're kind of like, Oh, okay, great. I totally relax. I trust him. You know, sure, he was the fucking attending for a while, you know, or he was, you know, chief of the ER for like a hot minute. You know, like, oh, grand, yeah, trust Swifty. He's he's good guy, you know. So if he's saying SPG are good, then yeah, we're 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 okay. You know, so yeah, so even though Ellis West seems to be absolutely steamrolling his way into the ER, yeah. it's grand because you know we have a trusted, you know, one-time guest character has said everything's fine. <laughs> well, because so, he's saying so. We learn in the kind of opening a scene of them two is that he's obviously he's got a meeting with Anspar to talk about the next steps and 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 maybe doing more than they're already doing. And Kerry's really like, I'm on board. Everything, you know, I'll be there. I'll talk to him if if he doesn't believe it. You can see that obviously Doctor West is a bit nervous about it. So then when we go to the meeting, we realize what it is that their next stage is is that they would take over managing the whole of the ER so that. Uh, I guess all the admin stuff would be done elsewhere by them, I guess, rather than like Kerry or yeah. anybody doing it. Um, and Kerry's all all for it. You know, Ant's boss says, can I have a moment with Kerry? And he, he's talking to her and she's like, it's great. Everything's brilliant. And he's like, well, what about, what do the other staff think? What does Mark think? And I feel like that's the beginning of a bit of an annoyance for Weaver because she's like, why can't he just take when I say it's great? Would he, if it was Mark? I feel like that's in her brain a little bit at that point and that but she's like no no everybody loves it and he's like well I, I I'm gonna check the staff first and then we have goes on like a mission of 
of just paranoia about the fact that anytime she sees Zanzibar and Mark talk, yeah. which is a few right. times in this episode and never really, not at all ever about synergics, she's like there watching and then stalking over to, to Mark, what, 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 what did you say? And, and Mark, you know, what is he talking to you about synergics? Synergics want to take over. And, yeah. and Mark's like, actually, I, I think it's too soon and I think we need to think about it. And he's been cautious and kind of the mark we remember and actually caring and, and thinking about it for once. And she's just trying to steamroll him. No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Even though he's, he's literally there going, no, I'm just, I think it's too soon. And she doesn't want basically Mark to speak to um, Anspa at all. She's trying to yeah. kind of block their, them to talk, discussing it even though that's not on their either of their minds at all which I think is quite funny because the whole time she's panicking about this thing and neither of them two are actually talking about that <laughs> um but there you know Mark is talking to Ansbar actually about a medical thing a very sensitive medical issue mm. um regarding his son and when Weaver finds out she's really upset because she she says you know I think he stopped seeing me as a doctor because I know sometimes I do because she's always doing the admin and always having to be the one at the meetings and the one doing all that side of it she doesn't always practice medicine and so I think that for her is again another driving point as to why she might want someone else to do the admin because then she can go back to being a doctor properly and not have to do all of that stuff although I feel like even if somebody else was doing the admin she'd Oh, she'd find a way to keep. Oh, yeah. Her, you know, she would not like that. You yeah. know, I think that that she's not seeing herself properly there. But it's interesting to see that that weakness, that 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 moment of her feeling mm. unsure and steady or insecure about her role and her place in the kind of hierarchy of county. Yeah. Um, considering she's acting as Morgan Stern as well, you know, it's it's funny to see how powerless she still feels because you never felt that way with Morgan Stern and Green, you know, mm. it felt very much mm. like Morgan Stern was the boss. Whereas with Kerry, it feels, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like she's maybe in a more of a weakened state, especially yes. considering what Morgan Stern was. Um, so yeah, it, it, I thought that was interesting. Also, it's interesting you say that about Swift, because when I saw him and he kind of, I don't think I ever really warmed to him as okay. a character. I think, you know, that first day when he came in, kind of doing stuff, but I, I found over time that stuff he was doing with Mark, a bit shady. Um, and I also, I didn't really like, um, there was a few things about him that I never really warmed to. I never really trusted him. So for me, when he came in, I had the opposite reaction. I thought, I definitely don't trust it now because I don't really trust you in the way you used to manage. You weren't ER. To me, he wasn't what the ER is about, which is very what Mark Green is more, you know, community caring for each other. You know, he did a lot of shady things to Mark. And I think, I think that's for me what it, I was a bit like, oh, okay, fine, you're back, kind of. And he kind of proved that for me in this episode, you know, when when he he is the way he is. So for me, it was, I was like, yeah, Swift for me was a negative. Oh, okay. Did you hear him say that he, uh, the shifts are quite uh, generous? Was it 18 days off a month? Yeah, like, I just, what? How does I mean, that work? That's I what I mean. I feel like it's all too good to be true. Oh, uh, okay. And therefore it's not, I don't I mean I don't that's that's what it is for this that, that's what I mean when I say about 
a West for me being the monorail salesman because he he comes in and he's kind of offering all this stuff and to me it just it if it was really true every hospital would be doing it do you know what I mean there's just yeah. it's it, he's 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 just everything's just too perfect for me and I'm really I'm really shocked at Weaver in some ways because I thought she'd have more sense but I guess she's right. kind of had her head turned a little bit by him but I'm, I'm 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 more with Mark I don't really trust people who have all the answers or have something sparkly and shiny it just to me is like that nah, there's something else going on yeah no, I think I think you're you're dead right, and that's that's the problem. It's like you know you're, they're taking this semi trustworthy character and going, we're putting words into your mouth, but and also you know when have we ever seen any doctor ever sign off their shift when they're meant to? Exactly. He's like, mm-hmm. and the way he kind of goes, but Mark, it's it's like the end of your shift, and of course Mark's like, you've worked here, you know, there's no such thing as that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? If you're yeah. finishing the next hour, come have dinner. It's like. I might be finished tonight. Like, come on. Like, so yeah, there's a bit of, yeah. Because and I love your, I love your description yeah. of the monorail salesman. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're so right. To me. That's all I see now when I see him. I think, I think that's what it is as well with Swift. You know, he, he has his whole thing where he's, he's sell, basically selling SP or whatever it is to um to mark you know he's saying i've been with them for a year and a half i get all this time off and i leave at five that's and it all sounds very great but it just to me isn't a model that would work for somewhere like the er er and and the fact that swift would walk out at 5 p.m that for me shows just again he's just not the doctor i would like him to be because you want somebody who's going to go no this case is coming i'm seeing it through i'm not just going to walk out because it's five o'clock down tools you know i care about my job and i think that's might be what happens if you were working for somebody like spg and you're kind of going from one hospital to the other and not really being invested in the place you can just walk away at five o'clock and that's not what the er is about so i thought so, that was interesting when he left yeah. So, I mean, what happens if, like you say, some, a case runs over and it goes past five o'clock and, you know, the SPG attending is, you know, elbow deep in somebody's chest cavity, pumping the heart. So they go, ah, yeah, it's five o'clock. Can you just... Uh, yeah, just like that. Over? Do you know what I mean? It's That nurse from upstairs who just doesn't yeah, understand, exactly. you know, she's just it like, might, but, but it, was, it's yeah. my break. That's what it, and that isn't how the ER works, which is why I, I, I feel mistrustful of SPG because it's like you're trying to roll out a system that's kind of one size fits all, where in a hospital each department's different and will need different things. And you as a company need to go right. If somebody comes in and a doctor is on there, how do we manage that? That's that's what it is about it that I think is too shiny and sparkly and not, not right. right. Yeah, um, see what you mean. Yeah, so that's kind of that's Weaver's story. Mm. So, would you like to cover Mark's story or Anspa next? I was just gonna just before we do, I was gonna say it's really nice to see Weaver getting all flirty and happy, and you don't see this very often, yeah. even that's in true. later later seasons because she's reserved with him. She does seem to be very comfortable, and I'm I'm sort of for it, but not really because it's not. If it were, yeah, if if we didn't know what we know, I'd be like, I love this. Yay. However, I don't know. I feel I just I think maybe because I don't trust him and I don't trust his motives. I don't like them to get I like I love that she's flirty and we're seeing this other side and I want happiness and love for her. 
Okay. But I'm not invested in this at all. And it's nothing to even do with his his gender and what happens later with her. But it's, it's yeah, it's him for me. I just feel like there's part of him that knows he can bamboozle her and he get his and kind of get his way. Yeah, right. And I don't trust that. Um, Fair enough. Yep. Should we? Did you want to go to green? Well, I guess Anspar green. Well, you know, I'm going to stop. There's you so much. There, there's a lot of crossover. I got to say, coming well, out. Yeah. let's let's look at green because the Anspar story, I think, is a bigger one because there's yeah. more elements to that one. So going into green, uh, we get a little bit more of um, greens like we know. So Green and Cynthia, we know full well Green is not in this for the long run. No. And mm-hmm. there is, so we found oh. out last week that she has a son and, you know, he's kind of really from that. Today, he's come into the uh, ER and he's chewing nicotine gum because yeah. he was a fool and he started smoking. Yeah. Um, and she even says that. She's like, yeah. why did you start? <laughs> he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, so he's chewing away and then he runs out. So, oh, it's okay. Cynthia actually she is the thoughtful one who thought to bring more from home and she's there emptying out her purse and what falls out only she has the pill yeah Mm -hmm. and mark picks it up has a look at it and says oh there's a few missing uh and she's just like yeah what of it and he's just like you could see he's written all over his face going is she trying to trap me by getting pregnant oh my god he he says it doesn't line up because i think there's too many in there and she should have because you get them and they're like monthly and so if she hasn't been taking it there'll be too many in there and i think he panic and he kind of panics with her and uh, yeah exactly that and she's like well what are you insinuating you know what what are you thinking because he's really like oh you're not taking them what's going on we you know thinking he you know Oh, yeah, I mean, it's a horrible moment, really. I feel for, for Cynthia in that. Yeah, I, yeah, like, you know, she's because there is, there's so much judgment in it. Like, yeah. even his, oh, I'm just asking a simple question. No, you're not, Mark. Ask the question <laughs> that's on your mind. Yeah, you know? and she can see through you. So, you know, you can't, you can't hide what your panic is saying. Your panic, uh, yeah. And also, you're insinu- insinuating that you don't trust her and that she, mm-hmm. all that you don't, yeah you don't think she's uh, she's up to somebody who would know to take their medication you know there's so many insinuations that are just none of them are good yeah that it's 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 uncomfortable it is yeah and 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 they had like they had the wherewithal in the episode to let the moment hang as well so that we're all as uncomfortable as Marcus because Marcus suddenly kind of doing the, you know, the old uncle shuffle going, I didn't say pill. Oh, look over there. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) And then like Marcus, then he's more so, involved in other storylines this week that's kind of his standalone moment if you like of Mm -hmm. the episode because he's then involved in the carol mrs riley storyline and he's also involved in the anspa genie storyline um and you know it's kind of like anthony edwards thanks very much for coming to work this week you're a gent 
Um, <laughs> it was, uh... every single story um yeah and i mean and then also he's he's there with the he's there talking to swift about spg you know and there's a moment where they're treating he's treating a um a, a man and he's like yeah we're gonna do a chess you know we're gonna sorry do a film on his his foot and and swift is like, oh no no we we've got all these tricks that we do so that we don't we don't you know pay for expensive medical tests when we there are these tricks we can do and and he has that comment where he says well I was just hoping I could use my medical judgment and I think you know that's where it starts for him he starts questioning it a bit like actually what will this mean are they going to say to us you can't order this many things we're going to do all these tricks of that are you as a doctor are following a rule system rather than going and then again this is going to be the final time, I promise. This is also why I'm just like, oh, Swift, I don't trust you. Because mm-hmm. this company for me just seems really dirty and murky and he's gotten into bed with them. And I think that for me is also like a bad sign for him. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Don does actually shit. Does, Don says to Kerry, should we hop, be hopping into bed with them? Exactly. Mm. And I'm like, well, Kerry already has. Yeah, too late <laughs> for her. Did she yeah. take her birth control? Is that what something we need to talk about to link everything mm-hmm. up? No. Um, so yeah, okay. I think let's start with with Anspar and Green. So you know, as we said, Anspar took Green aside to, to to discuss something with him. We was you know bottlenecking from the corner, thinking it's about synergics, but actually it's about yeah. his son. And we learn a he has a son. Um, we also learned that his wife had passed away, yeah. which I was like, oh, look at this little sad backstory he's getting. Um, and his son had cancer before and he's not been well and he's really funny about hospitals and doctors as you can imagine somebody who's been through chemo and all of those kinds of really hideous invasive things uh, especially at a young age is yeah. so he says to he asks Mark kind of as a favor would you see him um, which it does speak highly and I can see why Weaver would be a bit abashed yeah because like I don't know. They could have said, "Look, it's 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 nothing to do with SPG um, or so or something." You know, just kind of just to assuage because what has Hanspot and Weaver been talking about nonstop for the last weeks is SPG. You know, da 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 da. Then suddenly Hanspot's like, and which he has every right to do, of course, is just pull Mark aside, have a quiet chat, and then you know Weaver's just like, "Oh, what was it about?" You know, not uh, damn you, Mark. But Mark could have been like, "Actually, it's a don't worry, it's a different thing altogether. Don't don't worry about that." Yeah. He kind of, because every now and again, there is still, it's dialed down a little bit. There is still mm-hmm. that kind of headbutting between Weaver and Mark. Yeah. Mark could have said, doesn't have to tell her exactly what it was, but could have said something like, uh, oh, actually, he just needs a uh, favor. Instead, he's like, he just needs me for this one, Kerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's probably not the best handling of it. And I don't know if, as you say, there's a bit of an earlier headbutting between them about SPG where he feels like she's, he's like I'm very I'm concerned or I, I I have thoughts or doubts and she's very much like no it's all fine and I wonder if it's a bit of a reaction to that but yeah you know th- there is that moment what what Green does which is absolutely brilliant is he he calls on Jeannie to help he says can you help me yes. because we need another friendly face and I think he he knows how good Jeannie would of be in this situation is. yeah um and she's of course says yes. So you know, little little Scott Anspar turns up, and he's obviously very angry, very troubled, very unhappy, frightened. I guess is the biggest thing, and that's why he acts out and he's very defensive and against them. And and Marco Genia kind of there to try and 
figure out what's what's going on um which isn't easy with him I don't think because you know as we say he's quite combative and defensive and um and it all stems from him being scared I guess of that that yeah. it's that it's recurred um so yeah green and green and genie look after him which is I I liked it I like these two together it's it's yeah. nice to see them working together definitely yeah Oh, I, I, I agree. And like, I love, so Scott Anspar comes in and he is a slightly abrasive, slightly rude. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to tests. Mark is sitting, let's get a CBC, let's get a Chem 7. And he's yeah. just like, no needles. I don't yeah. stick me, don't stick me, no needles. Um, and you see this new side of, you know, Donald Anspar is in the back and he's like, obviously he's normally the head of every conversation he is so withdrawn he's so like holy crap this is my son um yeah. mark is sort of like who do i take point from here do i take point from scott because he's the patient do i take point from donald because not only is he my boss but he's also scott's dad and, and all that and after this kind of oh what do we do what do we do we get genie and scott she says i've made a bet with your dad $10 says yeah. I can stick you and you won't feel it. Um, and she and will just is... cut him in on it. You know, it's that yeah, kind of, yeah. I'm going to try and be, a, you know, I'm going to approach it as, as we're comrades. We're kind of partners in yeah. arms against them kind of thing, which is a really clever ploy. I think it is. It is like, she knows how to, speak because she, she got to say something and he says kind of like, don't speak to me like a kid. She's like, okay. And she's able to completely address him yes. as the person he is. Um, you know, and if there is, I mean, everyone, everyone has had a medical condition at some point in ER, but potentially she's the one with the most recent biggest yeah. medical condition. She knows how to not patronize somebody. Yeah. And how important it is yeah. not to be. And she's great with him. She's, she's tough, so good, but fair and firm. And, and she does, she, she, she gets, she gets what she needs and he doesn't even notice. And I think for him, it's like a real, like, oh my god this is a medical person i can a trust but also says what she means and you know she's just she, she delivers she's not gonna lie to me and go this isn't gonna hurt and then it really hurts but it doesn't matter because it's done you know it's a real there's a real broken breakdown of of barrier there for him to, to finally maybe trust her and and then she takes him up to get his x-rays. And again, he's very much the same. He's like, oh, you, which, which do you want to do first? And the x-ray technician's a bit like, oh gosh, you know, this kid knows, knows stuff. Um, mm. And again, Jeannie's really sweet because he goes, I know it's back. I know it's back. And she says, look, we'll think about that when we need to. There's no point thinking about that now. Let's talk about something else. And um he's all what it is you want to talk about and he he starts talking about john woo movies and what's brilliant is she doesn't miss a beat and she's like the hong kong ones or the whole you know she yeah. knows exactly and it completely stupefies scott because i think he's like this woman knows about john woo like i didn't expect her to do that and and again it, it breaks another bit of that barrier down you know and he really he's really starting to listen to her or maybe trust her yeah. in there but there, a, a relationship is forming which is sweet and and we see Anspon notice that as well you know he gets he sees somebody being really gentle and but firm and 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 his son responding to somebody in a way that he hasn't with others which I think for Anspon must have been 
you know, such a relief to go, okay, there, there are hands here that can finally help possibly, you yeah. know, with whatever, whatever we've got coming. Um, and she's, yeah. a, she's also bonding with Scott in the way that Don can't. I'm calling him yeah. Don with you know first name terms now, but I noticed that actually, and I like it as well. I like <laughs> it. Yeah, but Donny boy, Don Donny boy, because um, you know Scott just gives him so much attitude through the whole episode, and so I feel nauseous probably from that crappy seafood restaurant you to last night. It's like I'm sure if Don's taking to a restaurant, it's going to be a good one. Do you know what I mean? He's a man of yeah. taste and means. Yes. The kind yeah, of place that has its down. own lake that it fishes for fresh, <laughs> yeah. kind of fresh yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's that thing as well. Cause, you know, Anspot is an older dad as well. I think yeah. that must be another barrier because he's he's probably not as young as the other ones. And, you know, he's, he's done so well in his job, it makes you think he wasn't always around. So maybe... Yeah for Scott the death of the wife is even harder because it's he he's lost the person who used to be home with him and now he's kind of stuck with with the dad who doesn't get him and doesn't yeah. know him and all that stuff so there's a real tension isn't there 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 definitely is yes yeah, I don't know Don I feel like he's one of those older men who just can't say I love you or can't really hug yeah. you do you know what I mean? Kind of, yeah, he's the kind of person that comes with a generation of, well, you know, didn't I give you your allowance? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't yeah. that prove that I love you? You're acknowledged in the will. That's all you <laughs> need. But yeah, he and does, he, he does love him. He just doesn't know how to say it. Exactly. And he's it. all military. Yeah. Remember, we exactly. learned that he's like a military man and he's probably one of those, you know, tough it out. Don't we don't talk about feelings kind of, um, which must be really hard as well for Scott, who's probably obviously grieving his mom but also yeah. you know so scared about this new possible treatment or cancer that he you know is, is happening and it's sad so it's really nice that they've got this kind of interpreter in some ways or, or, or somebody who can kind of you know take on some of that responsibility and away from from Anspar and, and 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 give some comfort to Scott and obviously Jeannie is the best for that you know if you're going to want anybody to do that you want Jeannie and we have this lovely moment with Anspar where he actually comes and he thanks Jeannie and it's a really sweet moment because we've obviously seen them up in arms the past few weeks about about her being fired and about her trying to get her job back and before that about her HIV you know all of that and he kind of comes in and he's 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 like you know I was going to do a community quote, but I'm going to do it. And he, oh, and he oh. says, you know, I see your value now. You know, it's that kind of, which is a very rude way of saying it, but he's very nice to yes. her, which I think is a really sweet moment. Because we see Anspar really, you know, vulnerable. We've always seen him business, business, business. And now yeah. all of a sudden he's terrified and we've learned that his wife has passed away. And we're just like, wow, his kid's already gone through cancer once and now it's possibly back and he can't speak to him and nobody has been able to get through to him and here's this person who's managed to do it which which is great and I, I like this storyline for Jeannie it's nice to see her this fun playful side because she would make such a brilliant mom I mean it's nice to kind of get to see her be a bit like that yeah yeah actually I, I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that way but you're absolutely right yeah um oh no it's obviously th this is going to be an ongoing storyline uh but scott and Jeannie together it is there is a lot of loveliness 
in yeah. this relationship. Um, and I think it goes a good way toward helping Jeannie, certainly Jeannie and Anspa, yeah. um, understand each other an awful lot more. Um, and of course, it, it will remain to be seen then if how Weaver and Jeannie's relationship goes on after this, if indeed yes. it does at all. Yeah. But, um, yes. Yeah. So there's there's a lot in this. There is that there is that sad moments where you know he's lying down and the MRI is like it's it's back, isn't it? She's like, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. And I mean, now the savvy viewer would be like, well, they'd hardly bring him in and he not have a tumor, you know, kind of like <laughs> what just was the point of paying there. that child actor to come in? Yeah. <laughs> but, and we uh, never see him again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah. It's um. There's 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 a lot in this storyline, but it is um yeah yeah it can't is, say yeah. more can't say more just yet yeah, it is yeah absolutely. is what it is it's yeah um <laughs> so so if we take green so we've seen him obviously with with Scotty and Bob but but him and Carol have a really tough case this week so a lady is brought yeah. in to um mrs o'reilly her name is and she's brought in by the meals on wheels delivery person i believe um yeah called susan and it was weird it was like susan but susan susan anyway that's just <laughs> um and uh, and the susan has been quite worried about mrs riley because she's noticed she hasn't really been eating and she looks unkempt and it doesn't she's there's something not right so she's basically brought her to the clinic to see carol and carol is treating her and and at the beginning you kind of think oh maybe it's just a case of like dementia or it, they really kind of bring you down that way of thinking you know she's she's yeah. she's been through some neglect something like that um and what's really sweet is susan stays you know susan's only her meals on wheels person but she's got this little, quite sweet relationship where she does care about her and she has i mean we can see that from the fact that she's noticed you know she doesn't just drop off food and walk off she she knows things about her and knows that things aren't quite right uh, from the last time she saw her so she kind of stays um around and carol's Carol's treating her and she's got Yosh who's also there helping mm. and then they do the reveal and this was so powerful like oh but like you're so busy going down one road of oh it's dementia or something like that and then Yosh is kind of undressing her saying to her, we're going to have to get you know they realize she's dehydrated and other things so they say we're going to get you into a gown and Carol's on the phone trying to track Doug down where she when Yoshi's trying to you know get undress uh, Mrs O'Reilly and just on the back you see the word whore written on there and Carol's yeah. face and you know oh it's my god horrific it's yeah. horrific so well done so what a reveal like oh my god like I was just mouth jaw dropped kind of oh just hideous um and then Carol gets Green involved, you know, she says, oh, you know, we've got another one and they call the detective down again and they explain to the detective that at the moment she's quite disorientated. They're trying to give her, trying to hydrate her because it might, a lot of that might be, she might be disorientated because she's dehydrated rather than it be like, you know, dementia or anything like that. Um, and we see her for most of the episode, Mrs. Riley, not remembering or not knowing and just no. I mean, we see her kind of thinking Carol is her daughter, don't we? You know, she has yeah. moments where she's like, oh, you've, you've changed. or And there's another moment where she's with Green and Carol and, she, 
and she's in pain and she thinks she's mm. having a baby and she's like is the baby okay and it didn't hurt this much with you you know we see how disorientated this woman is um throughout like the whole episode which is already heartbreaking and it's also heartbreaking kind of because everybody around her knows the truth except for her yes. and they kind yes, of yeah. you know get through most of the day and she starts to it turns out she was very dehydrated and her sense starting to return and she's just it's this scene it's just so quiet and it's so impactful she is just brushing her hair getting ready and carol's doing something else and she says i i've left my keys in the door oh, oh it's horrible broke me up yeah and this is just horrible oh. because you could hear or at least i i heard shame in yes. this yeah, yeah. I was, my I fault just, I just wanted to reach across and go like no it's not your like no like yeah. this is the kind of person like he's in the he would have kicked the door in yeah like he it's not your fault and and you know in that moment as well that she's remembering she knows yes. that she's it, it it's coming out she's starting to remember this hideous attack on her and you know you wish you could take it away that people don't have that mm -hmm. horrible memory um but it, I think that's what's so brilliant about the scene. She's just brushing her hair and all of a sudden she says that phrase yeah. and you get shame, you get the fact that she's remembering what's happened, you get... Um, it, it's just devastating. It's just so brilliantly written. Like, this storyline is so difficult and they have just handled it just so well, dramatically, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It, it's it, it made a very very tough watch this week um yeah. <laughs> and um like the ah uh, no i'm actually i'm actually like i don't even know what to say it's horrible no, it's, it's just, hideous okay. and yeah. and i i think there's that moment as well where where green kind of says oh you know is this the same guy and she says well i I hope to think that we don't have two people running around. It's one of those as well, where it's like you're hoping for the, the best case scenario is that there's a serial one person doing this because yeah. you don't want, but also that you, we know now it's a serial person and actually how many other people mm. are out there that A, that they're not seeing, but also that maybe don't remember or haven't got somebody who cares enough to think I need to take this person. You know, we just, it, it, it doesn't bear thinking about, but, uh, you know something we've said before this is an ongoing storyline and I just thought you know both Green and Carol being being involved again was just it was just oh uh, yeah it is it, brilliant the way that they kind of have them too and they're both kind of on this case and um and we're kind of seeing it through them um and also to see Green in a different headspace dealing with this from the last time you know the last time he was still very much thinking about himself and his attack and all that and it and although that helped him to kind of get over that and come to terms with it this time he was just more doctor yes we still had that flash of kind of god you guys have got to go get him you've got to get this guy mm -hmm. and the, the police pe people are like obviously you know but it, yeah it's it's nice to see him evolve kind of in different way um, I'm going to take us to the light-hearted yes, side of it. Yes, please this. do. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. So Anna, a palate cleanser. Anna is, I think, what oh. they're doing with her this week um, is is to, to to have her be kind of the light storyline. So she's treating a guy. Something is beeping in the room. She 
finds it and this is such a brilliant time and place moment because she finds a Tamagotchi now for anybody who out there who is too young to know what Tamagotchi is <laughs> one I hate That's you terrifying yeah <laughs> I hate you. it's the most um, 90s thing it's so 90s so it was like a little little game you had where you had a little pet and you had to kind of keep it alive by feeding it and giving it medicine and cleaning up after it and just doing lots of things you know and then it would grow and grow and all that kind of stuff is basically what a Tamagotchi was it was like a virtual pet and she's got this Tamagotchi and she's gonna have to try and well the guy's trying to buy it off her first of all he's like oh my god it's a white one. Oh, first things first did you guys have Tamagotchis or nope. no sure. no I don't think I ever had one I think I had a knockoff one I was gonna say I had a knockoff <laughs> one you could never find them in the shops they were so popular they would always be sold out so we went to this kind of discount place who had knockoff ones so I had a little knockoff one which after a few weeks I just got bored and who knows where it, it ended like up. Let it starve to death yeah. Yeah whatever you know who cares um, <laughs> It's not real anyway. the lotion on its skin oh sorry that's a different <laughs> thing yeah. um, but so we see Anna all the way throughout trying to basically figure out what she's doing and she learns she has to kind of clean up the poop and you know give it medicine and and all that kind of stuff and then we have this moment at the end where she's like oh it's got wings it's flying like it's excitedly <laughs> like she thinks she's hit another level or something like a good thing and yeah. Cynthia has to break it to her that actually she's killed it unfortunately this is also the moment where they've tracked down the owner to this little who's this little girl who was in the waiting room and Cynthia has to go and kind of break the news and she does it in a very like how we've seen the doctors break yeah. news to other to to people about actual humans you know she's like we tried everything we could we did it you know all that and the girl's obviously very upset but then you see Anna bashing this Tamagotchi <laughs> that'll work what I love about it is Cynthia's there going we did everything we could you know as if like we're really mm. gentle and we really cared and then she's just bashing this Tamagotchi onto the um on the counter which obviously doesn't work um and it was it, it's a little tiny story and it's it's a bit silly um maybe it's not the most interesting I didn't think it was enough lightness for the darkness of this episode but no no there, but there I was is, like okay there is one other little again little light bit uh again though it's exactly like you're saying add up all the light bits in this episode and it's still a matchstick versus yeah. everything else but um Oh, the so the, the character's name escapes me, but Brad William Hank uh, is in this yes. episode. He's a baby in this episode. Hello. He is a, no, he's still like an eleven foot tall baby, but, <laughs> uh, and and he starts to get on very well with a certain member of the uh, administration staff. So he does. Oh, you mean after he a does. vending machine nearly falls on him? Yeah, yes, I mean does. he's. It starts out with him being very angry at the vending machine for taking his 75 cents and he needs something to drink. And Randy, in her usual no nonsense, comes over, hands him 75 cents, tells him that there's a, you know, a a place to get a water fountain down, like calm down. Um, And then, yeah, he kind of takes a liking to her. So he starts flirting with her, doesn't he? Which is Uh, is a fun moment. And she is initially having none of it. She's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And he's like, I've got to be straight with you. I've done a bit of time inside, you know, it was nothing violent. I made a mistake. And the Magic entire mm. atmosphere changes. Yeah. Everything you can see, like, you know, kind of everything goes soft focus, you know, Vaseline on the lens. <laughs> kind of, there's love hearts everywhere. Randy's like, prison, you say? Yeah. Well, that hello. Some, that's my kink. <laughs> oh. And, you know, the hand goes over, not in a handshake, but in a kiss my ring. 
kind of you know, <laughs> memes yeah. across Brian the computer. the Queen of Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And it was just like, I, I, I don't know what just happened, but I think I just saw the beginning of a beautiful relationship. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really fun. Um, and uh, as we always say, we always want more Randy. So any Randy we get is brilliant. But yeah, yeah, she kind of, she hears the word prison and it's like, you know, she is, it's the bait for her and she's hook, line and sinker for that guy. Um, and it, it get, yeah, it's a cute, fun moment. We also get a moment with Randy where she kind of in this horrible, horrible storyline talks about how she wants to castrate the guy. And we were all saying, yeah, we could imagine yep. if anybody could do it, it would be Randy who would have a method to castrate him. Um, it's called the Franchak special, isn't it? Exactly. Um, and again, you know, I think we're all on board with her there because you can just imagine having to see these poor, poor women vulnerable and alone. Mm. Um, going um, through what they go through absolutely like if yeah just just to agree with that just like if there was one person who you want to lock this terrible human being in a room with for five mm-hmm. minutes to ensure they can never do this to anyone else again it's randy definitely she, definitely and, and then she'd walk out of the room you know kind of covered in his blood there's cameras everywhere and maggie'd still find a way to get her <laughs> <off>. <laughs> yeah she's like nothing happened i don't know what you mean yeah, <laughs> just gaslight anyone who's just like, but I yeah. saw that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Nothing <sighs> happened. Um, I think we should head upstairs. Let's let's talk about Romano and Corday. Oh, I thought is... you were suggesting that. Because this is a this is a really illuminating moment for kind of the Corday Romano relationship. I mean, it starts off with him basically sexually harassing her by trying to yeah. flirt with her about her car and something about sniffing her tailpipe but oh, she is, just oh, she's just like no he's just scum he is yeah. just scum is what he is it's um, just hideous. and he proves it you he know? does he mm-hmm. does he really does i mean he hears the warning signs and i mean he turns nasty in this she she talks yeah. to him about allison you know we've had this allison beaumont case which is the lady whose leg they saved but now her vocal cords have been um, impacted and and Corday wants her to have her voice back. She's very much like, let's try and find a solution. And Romano's like, no, we've got, we've, we can do this one procedure and the silicon injection procedure, and that's all we can give her. But Corday has been researching it. She knows that across town in the different um, hospital, Dr. Kotlovitz is a specialist who could perform this um, procedure. And she wants to say to Romano, can I go and find out about him and Romano's very like no no not you know he hasn't got privileges just really against it but Corday being Corday goes to find him and tracks him down and basically convinces him with her kind of glowing testimonials about Alison to at least come and see her which he does and and he agrees he's very like yeah I'm happy to do this I'll do it for free um Corday even arranges with Anspar to give him privileges so that he can do this one surgery but Anspar oh, sees oh. him and he says to to Lizzie you know well he calls her Lizzie or says Lizzie Ugh. he kind of he kind of takes her into a room and he has a real go at her uh, oh. it's real horrible status I'm you know I'm the boss I say what works says are you questioning my commitment to my patient's best interests yes I am I'm sorry but I yeah. am because I don't know about you, but Alison was not in that room when he was talking about it. His bruised no. ego was what was in that room. Whatever problem he has with Kotlovitz came out into that. And that to me yeah. is not caring about your patient enough. Nope. 
Could you imagine finding out you could have got your voice back, but your doctor had beef with the other doctor and that's the reason you didn't get your voice back. And it's one of those things like it's, you know, how could, you know, you could sue for malpractice, you do all that, but that's not going to change the fact that, you know, you could have done something and you didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I mean, he's really vicious with, with, with Corday, who's just really shocked and a bit like, I'm just trying to do the best for my patient. I don't understand why this anger and fury is basically coming at me. Um, and, you know, she she argues back with him. She says, like, I've oh, sorted yeah. out privileges. This is the best option. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't take it. She doesn't get frazzled by his anger, which is what's great about her. She obviously looks quite shocked and, like, this feels disproportionate, but she handle, she's able to kind of handle him oh, I back, love it. which is brilliant. I, I love how much she just goes, like, you know, I don't really give a toss what your problem is. Um, and I love it. And I, it's this idealism that we love in her. Like, it should be just, this is what all doctors should be like. But, you know, it's kind of like the, she is the idealist who is in the OR. Yeah. Benton is quite distracted, obviously, at the moment, which has led to a mellowing, which has been good for his character. But that means, whereas two seasons ago, this would have been Benton. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, this this would have yeah. been that character. This anger, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... But going up, oh, going up against Romano, like we don't know yet just how horrible this man can get. The fact that the episode ends on what well, is not an apology, but he's like, right, okay, we're done talking about this. Yeah. Um, which is like, no, 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 that, that's not an apology, but maybe this is the best we're going to get. You kind of think, right, okay, maybe heads just butted and things just maybe got a little bit out of hand, but... Oh, oh, I think I think someone might have just poked a sleeping dragon in the eye. Absolutely. It's it, we've definitely seen the first flare of what we're gonna get, you know, what this darker side to this man, you know. Yeah. Um but then he, he sort of does this this not apology to her. Yeah. Yeah. And then says, Lizzie, you and I are a match made in heaven. Oh. And did your skin crawl off your bones? Completely. When... Oh, it's horrible. It's that horrible thing that abusers yeah. do where they are really nasty and then turn it as to, oh, yeah. but this is a great thing. You know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's so, it's just so horrible to watch and to, yeah, just the way he turns it like that, just he's just an abuser you know this is so yeah. classic abusive abuser signs yeah it is oh my god it is i mm, mm, mm. Mm. we said we said we would try and finish on a light topic but then romano just kind of swooped in as <laughs> he, he did. does as the, he does i'm gonna turn it to lightness and just say i just love um corday she just fizzes yeah, yeah. when she's on screen her beautiful springy hair the way she phrases things just the way she is like mm-hmm. every time I watch her in the art I think oh this is the person I dream to be I love to be as kind of because she's really strong but she's also really fun and she's also really doesn't ever nothing gets too serious you know she's quite light-hearted and quite I don't know she's just a woman of substance but also has a real fun flirty fiery side and I just yes I love that and I just I'm really enjoying her introduction into this season and into er yeah she makes she doesn't make the season there's a lot of things that make the season but, carter yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> but i like to, to finish on a proper light point so when she's talking to allison who's speaking through that um through Computer, that laptop, yeah, yeah she, i mean she sort of 
complains about email. She says, oh, I, you can't beat handwriting and lovely stationery. And normally I think, oh, come on. But then I was like, no, I want to write letters to Corday. <laughs> Could you imagine her stationery? I bet it'd be so oh. cool and awesome and beautiful. And... She'd do wax seals and everything, then spray yeah. a little bit of perfume. And it'd be it like artisan that she picked yeah, up on, yeah, like yeah. she was in Vermont for the weekend and she picked up this <laughs> like artisan handmade paper and she's yeah. sending it to you. And, and, and it'd be full of like really brilliant, observations and delights so um, yeah. but also I'm a current I love handwriting letters and I've I've got a friend who I've um we've written to each other for 12 plus years oh. um, we had a little bit of a break but we started up again and it's because we both love letters and when we finished this course we were doing we both said to each other we're gonna write to each other this this was our thing and all through university all through our, our 20s all through all that we like wrote to each other and we've recently reconnected and got that writing uh, thing back up and I have to say I'm a oh. huge fan of of letters and handwritten or not handwritten just letters I'm a huge fan um so yeah I definitely correspond with her oh so that's excellent. nice and light that is lovely mm. uh Ibers Ibers I didn't have any yeah I think, I think sure yeah, I don't think so already the, yeah, because you now it, it it all fairness to you, Ed, you you called his name first. I stole his name out from your lips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, I'm very tired today. Um, yes, yeah, Brad William Hankey, who I uh, I don't know how I recognised him, but because he is a, a a baby in this, I think he's maybe in his actually in his early thirties, working it out. But um, yeah, I, I recognise him from Orange Is the New Black, where he he played. Quite um, a seemingly fair prison officer, mm. um, and then he's revealed to be. I think somebody, one of the. I haven't watched Orange is New Black in in ages. I kind of gave up on it a little bit, um, but it, somebody tries to sort of seduce him, and he's like, I'm, "I'm gay, so I'm not interested." But he does turn out to be a bit of a bit of a booger, doesn't he? He does a bit. He does a bit. Yes. I can't remember yeah. what happened, but. Um, not, no spoilers. I, no, yeah, okay. yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, all right. Um, but he's also been in uh, Manhunt Unabomber, which was a great series on um, the Netflix. Uh, he's been in The Stand, which I've not watched yet. Um, oh, that's right, of course. Yes, he played um, Tom Collins. Okay, and isn't that a cocktail? But he's also always he in Lost. Was he? he was in Lost? Yeah, there's Bram. I don't know what that means, but he's. Been in all sorts of bits and bobs. Apparently, he was Uncle Frank in Star Trek, uncredited. Is that the person? Oh, who calls Kirk? yeah, yeah, 2009, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, wait, that's cool. Um, so yeah, there's Brad William Henke. Um, and I was talking to the guys about this because there's not many representations of, of gay men in TV or film who, who are not what we'd call twinks or hunky types. So it was quite refreshing to see somebody who doesn't fit. Mm. that kind of archetype but yeah anyway um there's also trevor morgan who plays scott uh, and spa who did a lot of t- of uh, child acting using the sixth sense but i think i recognize him from jurassic park three the weakest of the jurassic park oh gosh so oh, bad. it's god it's dread i mean sorry yeah. trevor morgan delighted for you that you got a career and everything but oh it's just it's the one where the raptor says alan that tells you everything <laughs> you need to know yeah. it's got a spinosaurus in it though and i do love spinosaurus they are cool, that's true yeah yeah, yeah. um but he's also 
I, he was touched by an angel. Oh, poor God. Boy. I know. I, at what point do we stop? Like, investigate I, this angel. We Our need podcast. to investigate yeah, yeah. this angel. Yeah, that's what this become, podcast has become. Yeah, yeah, let's find this angel and let's bring them to justice. Mm-hmm. Heavenly justice. Yep, mm. yep, absolutely. Police justice. Um, that's community reference for Cheryl. <laughs> um, and then there's just lastly the home help who's played by Geraldine Hughes who I weirdly I just recognised from an interview about the film Rocky Balboa and she was such a lovely sort of bubbly giggly person I, she just stuck in my head as being very charming and I was like oh that's her mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen anything else with her in apart from that, that interview but she's been in loads of stuff like The Blacklist The Good Wife um, Murder She Wrote to the Celtic Riddle which I probably must have. Oh, you know my goodness! On. Actually, good that's one. that's Is one it? thing that I wanted to shout out was well, hey, for Irish representation yes. in this week's episode, yeah. she's she has a lovely Northern accent, which we love yeah. in this house, and mm-hmm. Mrs. Riley as well had a you know definitely an Irish twang there as well. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I yes. loved it. Yeah. It was yes, it wasn't too patronizingly Irish either. Yeah, there were there was no leprechauns dancing across the hallways. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, sure, I bring her lucky charms every day. But that episode of Murder, she wrote, is very like that. Oh, it's, I think I've seen bits of it. It's grim. Mm. Oh, fiddle-dee-dee potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Is that one about an axe? The Blarney Stone. And, yeah, oh, it's all kind oh, of... Dear it's Lord. very like that. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. anyway. Thank you. Oh, yeah, good Lord. Yeah. Well, moving on. Um, so one of the treatments that Romano... <laughs> fobbed Corday off for Alison's throat was collagen. Oh, yes, not silicon, as I said. Sorry, yes. Did collagen. you? I did. I, Ignore me. I didn't pay attention. It's fine. I know. Uh, <laughs> so collagen is found everywhere. It's the most abundant protein in mammals. It makes about 25% to 35% the whole body protein content. So it's found in connective tissue like cartilage, bones, tendons, ligaments, and skin. And I, I only sort of thought of collagen as um as what they use for lip fillers and, and for fillers in general. But it's used for every loads of stuff. So obviously there's cosmetic cosmetic surgery, uh, where they use collagen from um young cattle from BSC free animals. Um also in bone grafts, tissue regeneration, reconstructive surgical uses, because wow. if you yeah, if you include it in the dressing, then you won't get it's very rare you'll get allergic reactions because it's already a protein we find in the body. It helps things heal so collagen is using bone grafting because it because of its structure it makes it very strong so it, it it's also doesn't compromise the structural integrity of the skeleton as well so it's it does a lot of things it's it's also really useful for um burn healing and if it's it's also used to uh interact with blood platelets to create a hemostatic plug much like that word wow. all right Yes, that's that's a bit of collagen for you. There you go. Well, thank you very much for a bit of collagen. Much appreciated. You're welcome. You could do some new wrinkles. Uh, um, I think you're right. beautiful. Thank you <laughs> very much, Sharon. Uh, sorry, what was that? You're, we're losing you there, Ed. We're losing you anyway. <laughs> Our podcast um, has just gone through a tunnel. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, you're handsome and rugged. There we go. Uh, okay, you saved it. You saved it. And I think for safety's sake, we better call it there. 
So we're calling it. Thanks for listening to our podcast about everything ER. Don't forget, you can find us on social media on Instagram at you set the tone pod and at set underscore pod on Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And remember, you set the tone.